Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And welcome to episode 348 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Ray, how are you doing? Hello, it's good to be back. It seems like quite a while since I was last on, but it is finally good to be back and to share with you what's been going on. Yes, it's been a little while since you've been on. So uh, do we want to start off with your film news? Absolutely. I've combined two months together rather than doing 10 stories. So Absolutely. Excellent. <laughs> I missed that. Uh, so here's my little film roundup. So how's my commitment to 2022 trying to give you five stories each month? Haven't been on for a while, so I've combined May and June to give you the five biggest stories I think that people are talking about in the film world. And my first one it happened just last week. We got a glimpse of our lovely Dame Emma Thompson in Matilda the Musical. Yes. Being made for Netflix, coming out later this year. She takes on the fantastic role, formerly played by Pam Ferris and those shoulder pads have been the talk of the town and I know I love the musical version of the show I'm really excited to yeah. see how it's been brought to screen and hopefully it still honours the original film because Tim Minchin is behind this and I'm sure he would check the quality of anything that's he that's going to have his name on it so I'm absolutely sure he will yes I mean he's yeah. he's brilliant as well the music for that is superb so uh, that should be a wonderful thing to to come back it's funny when you have films that are then turned into stage plays and musicals that then become films again (laughs) yeah it sort of goes in a little loop like a whole like complete cycle (laughs) yes it's wonderful that so the next bit of news I would never thought I'd hear the day when this happened but there is going to be a reboot of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen so if anyone knows this film um, it came out in the early noughties and actually was the end of Sean Connery's career. This was the last film he did. He was quite disappointed with the film. The film was a very big flop and came out under the Fox ownership. And since Disney have taken on Fox, they now have the rights to it and they are now looking to reboot it under their brand, um, potentially as a film or a Disney Plus series. But this is the early news that a reboot is in play. Now, I believe the potential was very good. It just wasn't completed very well in the original attempt 
I remember watching it when I was younger and I could see the ideas, but th- th- there was just something that wasn't right. There was something that just wasn't working with it. And it did get absolutely dire reviews. And sadly, that was the last film we saw Sean Connery in. Yeah. sort of decided to stop his career there. What's kind of interesting about that is it's based on a DC comic book. So <laughs> it's weird it's going to Disney, but, but yes. It's where this whole split of like, you buy certain titles and names, isn't it? Yeah, it's an odd one that, because presumably, Presumably it's one of those deals where the film rights went to Fox in sort of perpetuity forever or something. It's probably one of those kind of things. So you end up in this weird situation where it is a DC property, but it is going to be Disney that's making it, which is slightly yeah. odd. But yes, you know. <laughs> Another very big story that hit this month was the story about Rebel Wilson. And more it's a story because the rumours and the sort of confirmed rumours that an Australian newspaper paper were kind of holding her to ransom which is incredibly sad Um, and someone from the community uh, I know that coming out is a very individual thing and to think that the mainstream media in Australia were potentially holding her to ransom by saying we have this information on you please can you make a statement on it and that didn't force her and she felt like she needed to therefore do it under her own control probably not at the time that she wanted to Um, and it was very reassuring that many images came out afterwards that her and her partner had been attending premieres and been seen together quite a while but it's still worrying that that situation happens and you can now wonder why many people in the public eye still hold back because it's not always their decision and sometimes the mainstream media get hold of a piece of information and try and exploit people and that's wrong yeah. uh, but huge congratulations to Rebel she's an absolute icon and to have her sort of speaking out for her industry she's been an ally all along you know she's an absolutely fantastic ally but I'm really pleased for her very happy she looks amazing now um, not saying she wasn't before but she looks so happy and contented Um, and I really hope that that is all to do with that journey so that is the Rebel Wilson story yeah I mean it's appalling that in this day and age that's still a thing that the newspapers are kind of going to get hold of things and are outing people in that way is is just appalling but um, I'm glad it all seems to have come round all right but uh, it's just (laughs) such a shame that it happened that way but good news anyway sad news on the other side it was the death of an absolute legend and that is Ray Liotta Ray has been with making films for many decades and also then branched out into TV in his later career. If anybody caught his um, TV show with Jennifer Lopez um, about three or four years ago, mm-hmm. and he was just a fantastic actor. Um, and he was most recently in Hannah, I believe, in the Amazon show. And he was just really talented and a huge. He leaves a huge legacy behind him, active since the late seventies, early eighties. And it's just a very sad loss for our industry. Thoughts to his family and all his friends um, and all those colleagues who worked alongside him who all still be mourning his loss yes 67 no age to go uh, Goodfellas is one of my favourite films I can still remember the opening line which is as far back as I can remember I always wanted to be a gangster which is just the greatest opening line of a film will be very sadly missed oh, yes and my final story for uh, May and June is one of the most ridiculous stories that have been turned into <laughs> meme worthy and gif worthy content all over the internet is the image of Ryan Gosling as Ken <laughs> in the Barbie <laughs> I something I never thought we'd be seeing in 2022 but it has been blowing up all over the internet since it was released and I think it was probably the marketing that this film probably needs yes um, at this stage because if you 
said to anyone, a Barbie movie's being made, you're expecting some sort of B-movie straight to DVD back in the 90s type film. But um, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are going to be heading this film up. And I think now there's going to be a new interest for, for that sultry shot that is uh, now making its way all around Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's a really high-end cast they've got for this. It's, yeah. you know, I mean, the people that are behind it, it's Greta Gerwig directing as well, who's like no slouch either. And it's Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling as the two leads in a movie about Barbie is and it's got like people like Will Farrell in it Sammy Lewis in there America Ferreira Michael Sarah, Kate McKinnon Real Pearlman so there's there's some really decent names in that film it's really odd but yeah. yes yeah there's quite a few isn't there and I'm thinking like having Margot Robbie and Emma Mackey in the same film together that's like having twins right <laughs> yeah. that's probably why they're using them because they look so familiar and they get confused for each other all the time yes maybe that <laughs> is it yes and those are my five top stories for May and June excellent yes good news <laughs> right I'll tell you a little bit about what I've been doing when I haven't been ill I have been unfortunately very unwell probably since the last time I did a podcast I, I spent about six weeks really unwell and that gave me lots of time to watch TV and films but um, I did get a chance to go out and see the Jurassic World film and its premiere in London and I the screening was lovely they were hosted us brilliantly and it was all fantastic however my experience of the film was very three stars and <laughs> my review can be seen on the website I posted it the day after I saw the film it just didn't do it for me I know what it was trying to do but it was trying to satisfy too many things and it couldn't quite decide whether it needed to have lots of homage to the first film or it needed to make every character get through to the end or it needed to have diversity or it needed it just tried to do too much and I think it tripped over itself too much too long too many characters not enough dinosaurs there were some great dinosaurs dinosaurs with feathers as well that's not a spoiler but dinosaurs with feathers as well yeah. but it just didn't live up to what Jurassic World 1 uh, I'd say 1 Jurassic Park the first film in 1993 and the first Jurassic World. I think one and one of the trilogy have always been great. Yeah. And you see a mixed review of anything on from that. And I, I do hope they rest it now and they say, that's it. That has got to be it. But if you're a huge Jurassic World, Jurassic Park fan, please go and see it. That's what my review really does underline. Yeah. You will love the homage, but it's never going to sort of break your critical sort of success. It's never going to win Oscars. It's never going to be writing it as a film that's influenced people forever. And ever. Yes. It's just a good romp. It doesn't do it justice. Yes. I haven't actually been to see it yet. It is one of those things that, I mean, it looks like it's going to be big, dumb, stupid fun, which is fine. And if you're a huge fan of the other movies, it's nice to see all the cast together and, all that sort of stuff so yeah um, should also give a bit of a shout out to Frontier Developments who make yes. Jurassic World Evolution 2 and they were the people that got Grey into the premiere for that because they have a new expansion pack coming out called the Dominion Biosis expansion which is out now which ties into the movie stuff yeah, yeah. They, thank you to them for, you know I love the guys at yes, Frontier definitely. they're brilliant and they're, they're really really lovely they do Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster and a whole bunch of other things but uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 that was for thank you to them for, for sending you yes, to that definitely <laughs> <laughs> the second film I saw just a few weeks ago was Lightyear and I have a mixed feeling about this and I'm sure Dave you will talk to me cynically about my sci-fi problems <laughs> I really struggled with Lightyear I mean we've grown up with Pixar and we love that great family friendly fun element 
But Lightyear was technically a very hard sci-fi film wrapped up in an animation. If you look at the plot and what they were trying to do with it, it's quite complex. And I could feel, as an adult in the cinema, I could feel at about 90 minutes into the film, considering we still had a good another 20, 30 minutes to go, you could audibly hear the change in tone in the cinema screen as the children who the parents had brought along thinking it was very targeted to children were just losing interest. It was too long for them. Right. And it's an okay film. And if they had remarketed it maybe as a hard sci-fi sort of a 12 film, I could see it being quite popular. But Pixar have, have sort of gone in too hard. It's not as tender and lovely as Wall-E. That is a sci-fi film. It's just a little bit, to me, quite complex, dealing with things like time travel, dealing with things like energy, dealing with things like time jumps and uh, right. you know it's, it's just got that complexity where you know me and sci-fi I struggle with it and I just wish it was 20 minutes shorter a little bit more fun a little bit more upbeat and they made some of that really complex sci-fi stuff manageable and palatable for the younger audiences because that's what Pixar are good at doing it's an interesting one that because I haven't actually seen the film yet but as my understanding is the premise of it is it's the movie that the toy comes from so the yeah. toy in yeah. Toy Story is based on this film, essentially. So yeah. the film itself can't be kind of Toy Story level of silliness. It needs to be a bit... I but don't know. Andy was a child when he went to see it. That's the uh, premise. Yeah, maybe. So, and the toys are being made from it. So there's my crux. If toys are being made from it, I kind of think it needed to be a little bit softer. That's yeah. Felix, an but, opinion. I've heard a real mix of people. I went with someone who was a huge Pixar fan loves every one of their films and they struggled with it they were willing to give it like two stars and I've heard people say they absolutely loved it and they love what it honoured the Buzz Lightyear history but you know it's, it is an opinion that Pixar yes. it's not as good as their last couple of films yeah I do want to see it because I'm sort of intrigued I mean the argument is that you know Andy went to see it as a kid but then you look at things like the Marvel movies and they make toys out of those and their appeal to kids but I mean that's got a lot of sort of sci-fi stuff in it and some of those have time travel and that sort of thing and they are kind of more in that 12 bracket so it's an interesting one I can maybe see where they were pitching for but maybe it wasn't the right thing to do with that particular character because of the fact that it's attached to Toy Story yeah. I think maybe people's expectation were different to what it actually was I wonder that a couple of people who said about sort of my opinion like well, did you have different expectations and I'm like well actually I think I had Pixar film expectations you know, mm. even when they do deal with the like real tricky stuff like Inside Out and Coco dealing with quite difficult stuff they still do it in a, a fun enjoyable way and a manageable movie length. I just think for this one a little bit too long as well to hear that audible change in the children's attention span in the cinema was quite in, you know insightful yeah. for me because I know how long a good film is needed you know mm -hmm. and I think it, it was a, probably about 20 minutes over from what it was needed it needs to be more around the 1 hour 20 when it was 1 hour 40 in total so right yeah yeah okay um, interesting yeah so those are my films those are my film reviews are uh, quite difficult opinions I know uh, I want to see a film that I fall in love with this year and I haven't quite found one yet but uh, hopefully <laughs> one will come along this summer so yeah I mentioned earlier I was really poorly for about May the 9th until about mid-June I was so unwell I spent a lot of time on the sofa I finished 35 series <laughs> I know that. I'm quite well known for binging through a lot of series so I'm going to do a quick list of them but I'm going to talk about 
for you at the end. So let me just do a big list. I finished Moon Knight, Bel Air, Human Resources, D.I. Ray, Dairy Girls, Wolf Like Me, Anatomy of a Scandal, Here We Go, Russian Doll Season 2, Chivalry, Upload Season 2, Queens, Peacemaker, Slow Horses, Love Life Season 2, Show Trial, 911, Inside Number 9, Is It Cake, Chicago Fire, (laughs) Chicago Med, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Grace and Frankie, and Spreadsheet in all that time. Um, And I loved a lot of those, and some of them are absolutely fantastic. I just say, you've got time on your podcast. I can't talk about them all. I'm going to talk about four, which I think need a little bit of a mention. So the first one is a show on Channel 4 called Big Boys. Right. It was based on a true story of the comedian Jack Rook, and it's the 90s noughties, and Jack goes to university. And while at university, he goes through his journey of coming out as a gay man, and he is paired with this other oddball straight macho guy who's a little bit older and shouldn't be is going to university late and both of them have got complex things going on in their personal lives as well and it's just an absolutely heartwarming story and uh, I recently did a podcast with Matt about Heartstopper Mm -hmm. and I was just saying that there's some absolutely fantastic television programs coming from the queer community and actually gives really good reflections of people of a certain age and this I felt was pitched at an age when I was at university and I don't have the same experiences, but some of the touching storylines about male friendship and about sort of like allies and community really came out in this. And it was six episodes, 30 minutes, really touching. Also, uh, it stars the from Derry Girls, a wee English fella. He's the lead. His mum is played by Camille Kajuri of Doctor Who fame. And Katie Wicks is in there as well. It's got a really lovely cast. If you've got all four and you love things like Heartstopper and that element of television, then please, please do go and watch that on Big Boys, it's called. Yeah, Dylan Llewellyn is the... Has that come across the, your radar? Yeah, it hasn't, no. <laughs> uh, Dylan Llewellyn is the is the guy thinking of as the lead. Jack yeah. Rook himself actually narrated it as well, apparently. Yes, he did, yeah. Not one that's cropped up on my radar, that one at all, so I might have to go and search that one out. Really good, and if you're looking at like a, a like making a catalogue of these great TV programmes that are from the LGBTQ community, you've got It's a Sin, obviously, from last year, and Heartstopper and big boys and and another one I'm about to talk about in a moment all sort of coming on with really great narratives the second thing I'll talk about just finished last week was Time Traveller's Wife yes Um, now I really like the book I think the film had its flaws and the TV programme started off very slow loads of complex sort of confusing elements you wanted to sort of unpick but I felt the series finished really abruptly and we haven't got anywhere near the ending of the book. That's interesting. And to me, yeah. has it been renewed, Dave? Do you know anything about its renewal status? don't think it has been renewed as of yet. Yeah, it's written by Stephen Moffat, who obviously we know has got his history with time travel and telling stories through time. I just, you know, it's an HBO series. And, and when it came over here, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be, you know, eight episodes, maybe 10 but there are six. I just suddenly realised I was yeah. watching the last episode and, and I was like, there's a lot more still to... I can get where they were going with episode six, but I don't feel it's got there. And so you almost think, are they risking it all for a second season? I'm not quite sure. And so I loved it. Please come back for a second season so we can feel like we can honour the book because the book is fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the, the ratings on things like Rotten Tomatoes and stuff haven't been Metacritic, haven't been great, unfortunately. I hope it comes back because I really enjoyed it as well. 
and it's got a lot of Moffat's kind of humour in there I think Rose Leslie and Theo James are, are really good in those lead roles mm. and he's got a great director David Nutter directed it I really really liked it and I do hope it comes back but I know what you mean about it sort of ending abruptly I was kind of thinking oh 10 episodes and then it's only 6 and I don't know whether that was a production issue or I'm not sure so um, bit of a mystery bit of a mystery <laughs> yes I hope it comes back because I did really enjoy it but we'll see I mean it's it's difficult with HBO stuff because we assume it's on HBO Max as well so whether it's got more of a life on there I'm not sure but I thought I found it was a really fun series like you say it is a little bit slow in places yeah. but really no, really really good I, I don't know the book either and I didn't see the film so <laughs> I've got yeah, I remember when I was younger I watched the film and then that took me to read the book and then I realised I liked the book more than the film so when the series came out I was like oh I must watch that um, but uh, yeah I, I hope there's a second series Yeah. but I also finished Barry oh my word what a heartbreaking final episode for a dark comedy Right. Um, I've been watching it since season one and it has been a completely different journey in episode four but that final episode was quite heartbreaking because I'm in limbo as much as the next person about whether there'll be a fifth series or if he was going to continue the character because it potentially has both an ending but also an open ending which is very clever of them writing and getting it all ready for this point because it just leaves so many enigmas but also wraps the story up well not giving anything away there if it needed to end there Absolutely fantastic. One of the best seasons of television this year so far, in my opinion. I'm so glad it came back. We waited so long for it, but it is just such a clever program. Funny, humorous, gory, disgusting, but absolutely loved it. Have you caught that one? It, no. I mean, Matt talks about this show all the time as well, and it is one that I need to go up and catch up with. There aren't that many episodes. I mean, it's only eight episodes no. a season, and there's only three seasons at the moment. So it's getting a lot of award nominations. So I think if there is a will for the team behind it to make more of it i am fairly sure hbo will order more of it but it depends what they decide to do really but it sounds like it could come back which is good news we'll have to wait and see hopefully i mean of course it it was delayed due to the pandemic so it was like 2019 to 2022 before you got the next season so hopefully they'll make a decision fairly quickly and they can get back to it again if they are going to make more of it and the final thing i'll talk about that i finished was love victor something that both myself and matt are huge fans of and absolutely fantastic final season tells the story and I know that I was in a group chat with a few people and we all wanted different endings and the ending came along and it probably split the group a little bit it was lovely right way to end I hope the story writers got their full loop and their full cycle of their story and they didn't feel like there was anything left open it was the perfect ending to that series all available on Disney Plus I binged it in three days some people were binging it in one it was just so good it just dropped differently to previous seasons so previously Disney Plus had done the first three episodes and then dropped it weekly this was the first season the final season they dropped it all at once right. so it was a real sort of like everyone jumping to try and get on it to find out what was going on but absolutely brilliant series this time around and I imagine Matt's already watched it and I will catch up with him soon enough yes. uh, to have a real sort of chat about what he thought about uh, apart from that I've got a few things on the go I'm still watching a flight attendant hacks boys I've started and I finally started the Orville New Horizons or Orville season 3 as everyone else calls it yes. uh, which is my one sci-fi weakness Dave I know you don't <laughs> believe me in this but I do watch the Orville I kind of like their approach to it with that little tongue-in-cheek reference to Star Trek in particular yes oh my word I feel like I've taken up so much of your time Dave what have you been doing well I mean finished that time also on the boys as well a little bit about the current 
current episode. Are you, are you up to date on the boys? No, I literally watched episode one and then I was well enough to sort of go back to work and everything. So right. it's, it's on the, I'm watching an episode of Hacks, an episode of Boys type approach as I, as I turn on it on Prime video. Uh, so I've only watched season episode one right. in full. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Hacks, I finished really solid second season, ends it in a really interesting place. And that is renewed for a third season. So that will be coming back. Flight Attendant, which you also mentioned, is probably on hiatus. They may or may not make a third season. Kaylee Klokus has talked a little bit about that and said she doesn't feel that they need a third season. So they may do one, but it would have to be the right story for her to come back again. The boy, this week's episode was the hero gasm episode which i'm not going to go into detail because we're a family show but it's not as out there as a lot of the stuff that has been going on talking about it and how they were pushing it online it's nowhere near as out there as you would have thought that episode would be particularly if you've read the comic book the hero gasm episode in the comic books is a very very different thing so it was an interesting sort of pr thing that because because they were pushing it as sort of this episode isn't suitable to be watched by anybody. So you were expecting it to be really kind of over the top in various different ways. And it just wasn't. It was actually fairly... Is that, is that episode four? It's episode six, actually, that is. On oh, okay. Season right. I three. just need to know what I'm aiming for. <laughs> yeah, that's episode six of season three. It's a good episode and it has some great things in it, but it was being touted online as being, oh, this is like the most explicit thing we've put on and all this sort of stuff and it just isn't i mean episodes of spartacus were more explicit than what (laughs) went on in hero gasm so i mean i still love the show there's nothing against the show and they did some great plot development and bits and pieces in that there was some wonderful moments particularly with some of the lead cast but it's nowhere near as bad as it was sort of being made out to be so the, the sort of marketing didn't quite match it you mentioned the orville there as well now i watched strange new worlds because one of the big things of course that launched last week was paramount plus and the reason that we didn't have a show go out last week and i put an interview up instead was because i was in london interviewing the cast of halo halo is of course one of the other big shows that is up on paramount plus as well the paramount plus service is a sort of interesting one because there's a lot of things we thought might be on there which weren't we thought there'd be a lot more cbs things on there and there's sort of back catalogues of a few shows but nowhere near as many of things that we thought would be there like I agree I agree like we thought that things like the US version of Ghost might pop up there because that runs on CBS and it may be a difficult sell particularly in the UK because we have the original that would have been something that maybe could help fill out the catalogue a bit and it's not there And a lot of those CBS shows aren't there, which I was quite surprised by. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of Star Trek on there, which obviously pretty much across the board, although Picard isn't on there and Lower Decks isn't on there either. So uh, they're they're both still under contract to Amazon right now. Discovery Season 4 is up there and obviously the previous season, so that's all up there. Strange New Worlds, which is the new one, is up there. Then future Star Treks will be on there. Plus there's sort of all the historic Star Trek stuff as well. So, I mean, there is, if you're a Star Trek fan, there's loads and loads of things up on there. There's things like The Man Who Fell to Earth on there. The original, the 4400 is up on there. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy. There's the original Charmed is on there, but the reboot isn't. There's some true crime things. There's a bunch of reality shows. There's some uh, Queen of the Universe is one of the big sort of 
new reality things they're pushing, which is a, a I think it's a drag. A drag yeah, that, I watched it on Wow Online, and it was originally put out in Paramount at Christmas. So you've got some real Christmassy elements to that show. So oh, it really? can be quite confusing as you start watching it. You're like, oh, is this what time of year was this? But yeah, I, I'm glad you've said it, Dave. I got the app on the first day, and I started going through, and I'm like, this just doesn't seem as much as we were promised. And mm-hmm. some of the big reality shows, not that I'm hugely into realities, it has like two seasons the most latest two seasons it doesn't go back any further and i was i remember there being a push for this huge back catalog of shows from mtv and comedy central and but they just weren't there yeah it's weird and i mean the back catalog of things like ncis there's ncis los angeles seasons 8 to 11 there is three seasons of the main ncis show but the others aren't on there ncis hawaii the new show isn't on there and you would have thought that would be quite a big thing you could have added onto this so i mean there is good content on there particularly as i say if you like your sci-fi you like your star trek i really enjoyed halo we'll talk about that in a minute because i know that's had a mixed reaction there's all of the different yellowstone stuff on there as well and south park and there's old comedies like frasier and a bunch of episodes of blue bloods i think all all the seasons of blue bloods are up on there there's certain things but weirdly quite a lot that we thought would be on there missing Mm. so it's worth having a look at certainly it's just maybe not got as much as we kind of thought it would have on it so Mm. we'll see whether it grows and whether they add much more stuff to it but um the main shows i was sort of focusing on on the halo which it's only got three or four episodes out i think at the moment or there's a fourth episode dropping this week because they dropped the first three episodes which annoyed people as well because of course the whole thing's gone out in the us and they did the same with strange new worlds at the first three episodes and they haven't dropped it up to date and i get why they've done that because the reason they've done that of course is because they don't want people just getting the week free trial binging everything and turning it off again i understand why they've gone down that route but it is slightly annoying because it has all gone out in the u.s halo i really enjoyed if you are uber into the lore of the video games and all the extended universe and comic book stuff this is very much set in its own universe in the same way that the mcu is different to the comic books it has elements of video game but it remixes it quite a lot in a different way i think they're referring to it as the silver universe so it is it is a very different animal and part of the reason for doing that is because it's a first person shooter the video game you imprint a lot of yourself onto the character of master chief because you are in control of him and it's all done from your perspective with the tv show they've kind of got to make a bigger thing of john who is the master chief they need to make a bit more of a thing of that so there's a lot more of him in this and he has much more of a personality in the tv show I'm not massively into the Halo games. I recognize some of the elements from it, and I really enjoyed what they did with it. It is a little bit generic sci-fi in places, and maybe didn't quite move as far forward as you maybe wanted it to in that first season. It got a little bit tied up in itself and maybe was a little bit slow, but I think it's a good opening start, and I think they've set things up quite interestingly for a second season, and it is coming back for a second season. Moving on to Strange New Worlds, what I find quite interesting 
is you've got the Orville running over on Disney and you've got Strange New Worlds coming here. And of course, the Orville started out as a parody of Star Trek Next Generation and became more serious. That third season has much <laughs> fewer jokes in it than the previous seasons did. Strange New Worlds has a lot more jokes in it. So you're in this weird situation <laughs> where, where you've got a Star Trek series which actually has more comedy than the thing that was sort of parodying Star Trek. Most of the jokes in Strange New Worlds come from the relationship between Pike and Spock and Number One and the various sort of other members of the bridge crew, Ahura as well. It is very much the spiritual successor to the original Star Trek, so much so that it is played out with very much a five-year mission. There are going to different planets. It's much more episodic than anything else that they've done in the sort of rebooted, you know, newer Star Trek stuff. I really like it. I love the casting. I think it's very, very well put together. It feels much more like a Star Trek series because I know people have complained about Discovery not really feeling like Star Trek. This very much does. I mean, I love Discovery as well, but I think it's nice to see this running as very much more traditional Star Trek and some really fun, very well cast, very watchable characters on screen. They just bounce off each other so, so well as that bridge crew. It's not trying to do anything bigger and sort of wider other than tell interesting stories each episode. You know, it's really well put together and very, very enjoyable, very fun. I really like that series an awful lot. So uh, there's the first three episodes up at the moment and then there are more episodes going out, I think, on Wednesday. So they're dropping new episodes for that. Those are the Paramount Plus series I've watched so far. There is more stuff which I plan to get into, like The Offer and all that sort of thing but I haven't got around to those yet mainly because I've been watching the Umbrella Academy season 3 which I have got through the entire thing that has been brilliant I just binged my way through the entire thing of that hats off to you (laughs) yes it's been superb I really love what they've done with the third season it's going to be very interesting to see where they go with a full season I mean I would assume it will come back for a full season whether that ends up being the sort of last one I don't know there is some talk about maybe it coming to an end after four seasons there is only so many times you can save the world i think because i mean they've gone from basically saving the world at the end of each season to kind of a lurching to another disaster it's the same thing with season three the end of season two left them in a sort of alternate reality mild spoilers for you there but yes The one big thing that I was really interested to see how they handled with this was, of course, since they finished the last season and started this season, Elliot Page transitioned. So it was interesting to see how they were going to handle that because in a show like this, you could very much, you know, they're in an alternate version of the universe. You did wonder whether maybe they were going to introduce an alternate version of Vanya. Uh, They had put photos of Victor up, so we knew that there was a new character that Elliot would be playing called Victor, but we didn't know whether that was sort of going to be the same person or a different person or what and in the show they do it as a straight transition Vanya becomes Victor and cuts her hair off and says I'm Victor now basically this is how I feel comfortable and that's how they handle it I don't know what the discussions were behind the scenes but I think it's very well handled 
in that there was obviously some discussions about, I would suspect, of, well, should we do this in a sci-fi way or should we just go with it? And it makes yeah. sense for Vanya as a character as well, because that character has always been somewhat androgynous. I think it works. And I like the fact that there's a couple of little bits where Vanya comes in and sort of says, I'm Victor now, and talks to the family about it. And the family go, cool, that's what you want. Excellent. And then they kind of move on, you know? And from that mm. point on, they're Victor. I'm glad and- it's done like that. And I imagine Elliot had a lot of input. Yeah, I-, I suspect that was sort of a discussion that they had, and they decided it was probably important to do it that way to transition the character as well. So I I think it was handled respectfully and handled really, really well. And I'm kind of glad they didn't do it in a sci-fi way and they actually did it in character. Yeah, it it, it works really, really well, that side of things. The whole storyline is just bonkers and I won't try and get into any of that because it has only just come out, but it's wonderfully fun. The stuff with the Sparrow Academy is, is great. Klaus has a bigger role in this season as well and is brilliant through there's a couple of panel stuff from MCM that we recorded down there a few weeks ago with Robert Sheen and, and he talks a bit about recording this season and he's just wonderful so well cast that show Tom Hopper's accent still a little bit shaky in places but you know apart from that it's it's all good really really enjoying that have you started that? No it's on my long list and actually my Umbrella Academy viewing buddy his wife just got COVID so we've had to delay a <laughs> few things that we've been watching together including Miss Marvel the final episodes of Taskmaster we're all supposed to watch them but yeah she's just got COVID so she will not be visited for a while ah. and to be honest with school and things like that I need a week or so to get past a, a big couple of deadlines and then I'm free yes. to watch sort of programs like that where I can really concentrate I think the same sits with the boys I really want to enjoy it I don't want to have like my hand like marking or doing something at the same time I really want to be able to focus on it yeah. so I think there are just a few programs which I hold back a little bit and I know that and that's annoying because there's lots of spoilers out there but I'm like no if I want to enjoy it I'm going to enjoy it rather than thinking got my brain on something else all the time yeah there is a a few shows like that for me there's a few things that i can watch maybe while i'm eating and stuff like i'm going through the young rock right now which i really enjoy and it's a great little sort of 25 minute sort Mm. of comedy that you can sit down and watch while you're eating and not having to 100 focus on and then there are things like we own this city which i finished which was brilliant as well which is david simon's um the guy that did the why it's david simon's show wonderful piece of work that and really really well acted and thoroughly really enjoyed that all the way through it's only six episodes they're slightly over an hour most of them really really solid series and that's all on sky atlantic right now so there's some really good stuff out there i mean we said this month was going to be crazy for tv and it really has been there's, mm. there's just been some great things coming out there's uh, good things coming up next month as well so uh, yeah we've, we're not slowing down particularly i absolutely agree like every tv channel seems to up their game knowing that paramount was coming and there's just absolutely fantastic spoiling us almost TV programs heading into the summer so yeah it's, it's a really busy month yes it's funny because uh, the day after Paramount launched Disney sent out a press release going look at all this stuff we've got coming <laughs> you know, like I'm sure that has nothing to do with the Paramount launch so yes there's a couple of posts on the website for if you've got Disney Plus there are things further in the future and there is also premieres coming to Disney Plus in July as well there's posts for all those up on there as well should just mention at this point the next 
couple of weeks there may not be a regular show we'll try and get something going out uh, for the next sort of it's going to be the next three weeks or so because I am on holiday so hey. I will actually taking some annual leave I will be away for three weeks oh, there may be some interviews and stuff going out in between but there probably won't be a normal regular show so just so you're aware of that if the uh, they don't pop up in your feed next week that's all the stuff we've been doing let's move on to some TV and film news <laughs> 
it's it feels a bit like a network TV show, but a very well-made network TV show. So uh, very mm. enjoyable, that. Worth watching. In terms of pickups and other news, CSI Vegas has finally landed somewhere in the UK. It's going to premiere the 13th of July on Alibi. They have picked it up. Uh, another one which you kind of thought might have turned up somewhere else, but given the yeah. CSI franchise, because that's the CBS series, so you kind of thought that might have turned up on Paramount, but didn't. So um, it seems like the CBS shows are still being sold to broadcasters, which sort of makes yeah, sense. Witnesses, yeah. It sort of makes sense given that CBS are technically a different company to Paramount Plus. They're all owned by Paramount, what was Viacom CBS, but is now Paramount. So they all have to balance their own books. So if they were sort of internally selling it to Paramount Plus, it's sort of shifting money around internally. Whereas if they're selling it to somebody like Alibi, they're actually making money off it. So I think it seems that a lot of the CBS shows are still going to get sold to broadcasters. That seems to be the way they're going with it. Whereas Paramount Plus originals will be going directly to Paramount Plus instead. CSI Vegas is landing on Alibi on Wednesday, the 13th of July. You'll be able to catch that there. I'm quite looking forward to that because I quite enjoyed the original CSI. I used to love it. And I'm gu- I am I read I read the show notes and I was gutted when I saw the word Alibi because I have a now stick that doesn't have Alibi in. Ah. I'm also excited about the side note. <laughs> yes, because the other side of that is the fact that from the 28th of June, Alibi will be coming to Now TV or Now, these streaming service. I'm going to turn it on tomorrow morning. (laughs) Yes. So by the time this goes out, because that is uh, Tuesday and we're recording this on Monday. So by the time this goes out, it should be up on the streaming service now, which is great. I don't know whether any of the other UK TV things, because Dave, I think is still missing. So I don't know whether it's just Alibi or whether Dave is going to go on there as well. We'll have to wait and see. In terms of other things launching, there's a couple of things on Disney Plus. Solar Opposites Season 3, that has now got a premiere date. It's 13th of July on Disney Plus UK. It actually drops the same date on Hulu in the USA. So technically, we'll get it first, which is nice. Well, at least by a couple of hours anyway. So that's going to be Wednesday, the 13th of July for Solar Opposites. I'm so looking forward to that coming back. It's brilliant, that series. I know you're mm-hmm. a huge fan as well. Yeah, good fan of that. So. And the other thing that's got premiere date is 911 Lone Star, which is coming Ooh. Wednesday, the 6th of July to Disney Plus as well. Because I think, as we mentioned previously, the third season will be exclusively onto Disney Disney Plus directly. It's just not going to Sky Witness. I strongly suspect that the main 911 will do the same when the contract runs out with Sky as well. So Disney are taking the slightly different tack to CBS, whereas CBS is still selling their shows. Disney are, it looks like, reclaiming as many as they possibly can. So if it's an ABC show, there is a fair chance that it might end up going back onto Disney Plus. The one that is probably safe is The Rookie because it's a co-production with Entertainment One Media. So that is actually sold not directly by Disney. It's not technically a Disney show. But um, the 911s both are directly made by Disney for Fox and they look like both of them are probably going to end up back directly onto Disney+. Plus. Only Lone Star at the moment, but there is a good chance that the main 911 will go as well at some point. But uh, I'm, you know, as, so I know a lot of people have been upset about that and they're saying, I already pay for Sky. Why should I pay for another streaming service? Well, that's just the way it is. 
is, unfortunately. Now um, we're going to get into this world now. Yeah, and to be honest, if you're paying for Sky, what you're better off doing is getting rid of Sky, getting a Now TV box, which is half the price, and getting Disney Plus instead, because that will cover a lot more than it would mm-hmm. just having Sky. So I would suggest you do that. But there you go. Moving on to some other new stories. Game of Thrones is back in the news again. Not because there is, of course, the prequel series, which is coming out fairly soon. There is potentially a sequel series coming out based around Jon Snow, which is kind of interesting. It was originally reported in The Hollywood Reporter. It has since been confirmed by Amelia Clark and by George R. R. Martin himself, who have both said that it is definitely an active development. Apparently, it came from Kit Harrington himself. It was him that came back and said, why don't we do a Jon Snow series? So he clearly wanted to go back and film some more of that character, by the sounds of it. <laughs> What's interesting about this, compared to all the other potential spin-offs, because there are like five or six or seven or something in development right now house of the dragon obviously we've got the tale of duncan egg Ten Thousand ships the sea snake which are all prequels there's also flea bottom which is set in the king's landing slum and there is an animated series called the golden empire as well so there's lots of things potentially coming they're all in development not picked up to series apart from the only one that has gone to series is house of the dragon which is coming imminently but the unique thing about this one is it's a sequel not a prequel series so presumably it will be set north of the wall because that's where we left John. It does give the opportunity to potentially bring some of the characters back, although whether they will or not, or whether they just set it completely north of the wall, I don't know. If you remember where we left things at the end of Game of Thrones, Sansa was in charge of the north. Arya had gone off to find out what was west of Westeros, which I always thought would make a good series in itself, but they've not gone down that route. And then you had Bran that was in charge of Westeros, along with Tyrion, Brienne, Davos, Samuel Tarly, Bronn and Gendry, who were all sort of the the various members of that council. So there are characters around that you could potentially rope into this series if they don't just set it north of the wall. The only person that I can think of of any note would be Tormund Giantsbane, who was with Jon when he went north, and the other wildlings. So I don't know what that series would be, because you've now got a sort of land where there isn't as much of a threat north of the wall, you wouldn't have thought, but I don't know. I can't remember whether where were you with Game of Thrones? Did you ever actually get through it? Uh, yeah, I watched the first episode twice. <laughs> That's what I got to. So I, I, my, my classic story was many years ago, we were on holiday in Mallorca and the evenings, it just took a turn, the weather for the period we were there. So we decided to either start watching Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad and Breaking Bad won. So we managed to watch seven seasons of Breaking Bad across our evenings in Mallorca. And I only ever watched one episode of Game of Thrones. And then about two or three years ago, I tried again just before the final season. Again, I watched one episode and never got any further. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do wonder whether this is going to end up being a way of trying to remove some of the bitter taste of the final season for people. Whether it will give a slightly better conclusion. Because... I never had an issue with necessarily which characters ended up where. The problem with that final season was always how they got there. And the showrunners had got this other gig with Disney.
Disney, which they then lost basically because they botched this final season, was pretty much the reason why they seem to have lost that Disney gig. But the irony being that they rushed the final season so they could go and do that Disney gig. And what they should have actually done is stayed on as exact producers and handed the showrunner over to somebody else so they could have made three more seasons of it because that final season was basically three seasons squashed into one. I mean, that's done now. There's nothing you can necessarily do about that. But whether there is something that maybe you can work a story in, which maybe gives a bit of a better taste to sort of rounding off that Game of Thrones story with this. So we'll see. But as I say, there are characters around that you could bring back in alongside John. But it also means you could kind of just do a complete show about John and that'd be it, you know. So we'll see where they go with it. But uh, that is in active development. Hasn't been picked up yet. And there there were a load of Game of Thrones. I mean, there was like four that went by the wayside even before House of the Dragon came out. So whether this ever makes it to air is anybody's guess, but it is in development. So we'll see. Moving on over to Apple, they've got an interesting new one, which has got Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo in there. It's called Criminal Record, which part of me thinks it's an excuse for Peter Capaldi and Kush Jumbo to go and commit crimes, because it means that if you Google Criminal Record Peter Capaldi, then the TV show will come up, not what nefarious things they've been getting up to in their, in their <laughs> spare time. But anyway, Criminal Record is a powerful character-driven thriller set at the heart of contemporary London, an anonymous phone call draws two brilliant detectives to a confrontation over an old murder case. One, a young woman in the early stages of her career. The other, a well-connected man determined to protect his legacy. The series touches on issues of race, institutionalised failure, and the quest to find common ground in a polarised Britain. That's the setup for it. Peter Capaldi, of course, Doctor Who, thick of it, all that sort of stuff. Chris Jumbo being from The Good Wife, The Good Fight, Beast Must Die as well. So they're going to be playing two leads behind the camera you've got BAFTA award nominee Paul Rutman creator of Vera and India Summers and Jim Loach who did Save Me 2 directing they're two really solid names that are behind it it seems to be there's other people involved in Vera as well so you like Vera I seem to remember I love Vera and that's where Kush Jumbo made her name Kush ah. Jumbo um, was one of Vera's assistants in one of the earlier seasons um, and go. then she left them and ever since she's been doing fantastically and like loads of great shows I think she got the good wife or the other one uh, yeah was well she... she was good wife and then good fight she was yeah Yeah. so she got that from the back of being in Vera so yeah seems to be the team from Vera behind it it's certainly the, the creator of Vera is the person that's that's creating this and some of the exec producers are the people behind Vera as well so and Jim Loach great director so um, yeah I mean that could be a really interesting one to look out for you like a solid thriller as well don't you so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I love Christian Bale. I love the Netflix show she recently did, and so I definitely, I do struggle with Peter Capaldi sometimes. But you know, I'm, I enjoy this one, and, and I am really liking the quality that Apple TV put out after just finishing Slow Horses and currently in the middle of watching um, Mythic Quest. So I just think they've got some really good content. Yeah, Slow Horses as well. I mean, Slow Horses is a great show, and I think it's got three more seasons to go. I think they've renewed it yeah. for like because it's they ordered it for two seasons initially, and then they ordered two more after the first season went out before the second 
season was even finished filming. So they really, really liked that show. And I really enjoyed it as well. It was really good. Apple TV, I think if you take all of the streaming services in terms of quality, Apple TV are the one that have been absolutely consistent, you mm. know, just quality on every single thing that they've come out with. And you can see it in the awards that they're winning, but just the popularity of some of those shows, it deserves a bigger audience than it's got actually that uh, Apple TV service. But um, yeah, there are some great, great things on that service. It's If you've not signed up to Apple TV, it's like £5, I think. I mean, it, it, to be honest, if you buy yeah. an uh, Apple device, you've got at least a month or two free anyway. So it is worth going to check out Apple TV, even if you just turn it on for a month, watch it on the web or whatever, or use the app. I mean, if you've got Sky System, you can use the app on the Skybox. It's well, well worth signing up for a month and just going to flip through a few things because there are some outstanding shows on that platform. So sticking with streaming services and moving back over to Paramount Plus, they have announced the cast for Wolfpack, which is sort of not a spin-off of Teen Wolf, although kind of is. It's an odd one, this one. So they announced the cast for it. Wolfpack is from the team behind Teen Wolf. So if you like the Teen Wolf series, it's uh, Jess Davis, who is the, was the man behind the Teen Wolf TV series, is behind Wolfpack. But weirdly, it's based on a completely separate set of books, which follow a teenage boy and girl whose life to forever changed when a California wildfire awakens a terrifying supernatural creature. Wounding in the chaos of its attack, the teens are inexplicably drawn to each other and to two others who were adopted at 16 years earlier by a park ranger after another mysterious wildfire. As the full moon rises, all four teens come together to unravel the secret that connects them, the bite and blood of a werewolf. That's the sort of setup for it, which is sounding a little bit like kind of the setup for Team Wolf. So it is sort of Team Wolf with a different cast by the sides of it. But they've announced the people that are, are taking those roles. Amani Jackson, who's been in Honor Society and Chad, plays Everett. Bella Shepard from iCarly in the Wilds as Blake. Chloe Rose Robertson as, from Wildflower as Luna. And Tyler Lawrence Gray from Artan and Beth as Harlan. So those are the four main leads. Jeff Davis is the man behind Team Wolf. He serves as writer and exec producer on Wolfpack. He's also writing and producing the upcoming Team Wolf movie for Paramount Plus, which is another one of those things that's gone full circle because it is a TV show that was based very different to the film, but was based on an old film and he's now making a movie that will be going out on Paramount Plus with a lot of the original cast, not all of them, but uh, Tyler Posey, Crystal Reed, Tyler Hoechlin, Holland Roden, Colton Haynes, Shelley Henning, Dylan Sprayberry, RJ Bourne, a bunch of other people as well. So there's, there's a lot of the original cast are back for that film. Although the two things are based on separate source material, they're kind of mashing it together. And this sort of series of events that happen in the movie will have some connection to the Wolfpack TV series, but it technically isn't a sort of direct spin-off as such, but they're sort of in the same universe, if that makes sense, even though they are two completely separate novels. 
Well, two different <laughs> things. So, uh, yeah, um, did you watch any of the Team Wolf TV series? I didn't, no. It wasn't my sort of thing. wasn't really that interesting. I watched a few seasons of it. It was actually pretty decent. I know there's a lot of love out there for it. I mean, you know, it, it was one of those things that was sort of hot young cast MTV show type of thing. But the original guys are coming back for sort of one more outing in the film, and then you're going to get these... I don't know whether these characters are going to get introduced in that film or whether it's just the events of that are going to set up this. I'm not sure. So that's a couple of other things to watch out for on Paramount Plus is Wolfpack and that Teen Wolf movie, which will be coming at some point. Weirdly, they don't have the old episodes of Teen Wolf on Paramount Plus either. Which <laughs> so confusing. It's, it's so, so weird. As I said, that's the thing with Paramount Plus. There are some good, really, really good things on there, but it's quite notable the things that aren't on there. Not necessarily the lack of yeah. content, but the things that aren't on there that you go, well, why isn't that there? You know? Because you would have thought that if they're going to bring out a Team Wolf movie, all the old Team Wolves would be on there and they're not. So it's just a little weird with Paramount Plus. But, you know, I mean, it's got some good stuff on there. Halo's great. The offer looks really good. The Strange New Worlds is fantastic. So, you know, there is stuff to watch on there, definitely. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week on TV. We have Rutherford Falls returning on the 27th of June. Uh, That's the comedy about two lifelong best friends who find themselves at a crossroads, quite literally, when their sleepy town gets an unexpected wake-up call. It's a wonderfully fun comedy. It's from some of the people behind Parts and Rec and The Good Place and things like that. So, worth watching. I really enjoyed the first season. It's very, very fun and very funny. It's very different to a lot of the other shows, but very, very enjoyable. So, uh, that's Rutherford Falls. First season is all up on Peacock. Watch the second season from the 27th of June. Westworld returns for its fourth season. That's on the 27th of June as well. So that will be out and available. Uh, me and Matt will be doing a podcast on Westworld when that returns. I think we did the preview podcast last week, so that will be up, but we'll be doing the regular show as well for that. Only Murders in the Building, that returns for a second season. That's on the 28th of June. I loved the first season of this it was brilliant did you watch this one i loved it yeah i was a real big fan of it really really good i loved where they ended it there's trailers and stuff kicking around on the website for that but only murders in the building season two it was brilliant the first one they've turned that around really really quickly so i'm looking forward to that being back that's 28th of june atlanta is back for its long awaited third season that's on 29th of june that's donald glover's show uh that will be back for season three 29th of june the undeclared war which is coming to Channel 4. That's on the 30th of June at 9pm. This is a thriller set in a post-pandemic 2024, run-up to a British general election, which sees GCHQ secretly working to ward off cyber attacks on the country's electoral system. The cast for this is superb. It's Mark Rylance, Simon Pegg, Adrian Lester, Alex Jennings, Maisie Richards and Sellers are the main leads for that. It's got a superb cast. It looks like it's going to be a really, really solid drama, that. But it's called The Undeclared War. It's a limited series, 30th of June at 9pm on Channel 4. 
over on Stars Play, we have Queer as Folk, the US version, which I think is a Peacock series in the US. And again, for some reason, it's not Peacock over here. It's on Stars Play. It's on (laughs) Stars Play. So 1st of July for that. It's obviously based on the Russell T. Davies series. Be interesting to see how that goes down over here. But that's Queer as Folk anyway, so that will be coming. The Terminal List, which is a series starring Chris Pratt based on the best-selling novel by Jack Carr. That's coming to Prime Video on the 1st of July as well. And Stranger Things returns on the 1st of July for those last two episodes of the fourth season, the brilliant fourth season, which I absolutely adored. That will be back for the last two episodes, one of them being feature length. It's basically, they're both extended episodes, but the last one is a full feature length film, essentially. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But that's the 1st of July for that and that is everything coming next week on TV. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? They can come and follow me over on Twitter at Grey the Geek. That's G-R-A-Y the Geek. And see me talking about lots of consumer issues and some of the TV and what else is going on in my life. And uh, I'll just take this opportunity to wish you a very good holiday, Dave. You deserve it. Thank um, you. Make sure you enjoy your break I'm away from Geek Town for a few weeks. And uh, we look forward to getting you back just before the summer starts. Yes, I will be back. Three weeks I'm going to be off uh, there will be stuff going up on the website so you'll be able to keep an eye on the website there may be interviews going out as well there may be stuff popping up on the podcast feed i haven't quite decided exactly how i'm gonna structure this yet so keep an eye on the podcast feed i will try and get some content going up over the next few weeks as well but the website will still be going there's still air dates going up on there so go and check all that stuff out there are of course other people around you can go and check out such as bex who is over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites, that's B-Y-T-E-S. She's just raised another 800 and something odd quid for charity. So lots of charity streams and retro gaming and watching Lara Croft for off things over there. So you can go and check all that out over there. Lots and lots of fun stuff with Bex at twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bites. Matt is over on entertainmenttalk.org. So lots more podcasts over there. As I mentioned, we'll be doing Westworld and he's got lots of other things going out over there. And Daryl at Hollywood North news.net for all those tv series you love which are shot in canada for us go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter and facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything for this week we will be back in a few weeks time keep an eye on the website go to geektown.co.uk we'll let you know check out the social feeds as well there'll be lots and lots of stuff going up we will see you in a few weeks bye 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 cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.